You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. This time it is the big man who's finished. Hand pass to Wallace. Sit up good to finish even better. Ball spits out from Kale to Hand. to knock it back in from the behind line. Down to McDonald, Tip and Woody who was lurking, furtively lurking. And he kicked the goal. Across the body, the flea. Cody Waitman. Oh, what a start. Go nuts. We thought Isaac Rankin's first <laughs> got a couple of goals last week were amazing. That wasn't as flamboyant, but it was just as difficult. What a great kick under the circumstances across the body from the boundary for Cody Waitman Keith they got the short kick back he suddenly pulls the trigger goes directly down the ground off hands it fell for Lipinski got it good snap from Lipinski Bontempelli off to Liberatore kick inside the 50 had good direction about it no mark taken but Wallace underneath Great snap at goal. Now the kick into the forward pocket. Wallace wrestles, kept away from him. Bruce edges a clear. Waitman is there. Yes, he's kicked his seconds. Can he sniff out a goal? He looks every inch of Cody, and he looks every inch of rising star. Siren sounds. And what a fantastic performance by the Bulldogs. There was a huge gap in performance between the two teams tonight as the Dogs bounce back. I'm pretty happy with how bold we were at times and how quickly we, we used footy and, and how we lengthened and transitioned. Plenty of room for improvement. We left some out there, you know, we were kicking it on the full early in the game and felt like we fell away in the last quarter. You're always with us A five-day turnaround of fortunes for the Bulldogs who again prove Essendon's master. How did Luke Beveridge bring the Bombers back to earth on Friday night footy? Understanding the ongoing situation with COVID-19 in Victoria, Victorian teams will be based out of Queensland for up to 10 weeks. If Queensland's doing the heavy lifting, I mm. think Queensland should have the first opportunity. So, Gil, we'd love to host uh, the AFL Grand Final. There is periods where we do play games every night of the week, and in some cases you'll have potentially two games on some nights midweek. One thing I probably would like to see is probably an extended bench. The big one for me is you want the Stars playing every week. You can't assume that you know, playing at home gives you any advantage whatsoever and I think teams, the longer they spend in any one given area, the more they adapt. The most dramatic week yet in this amazing race of a football season, the mass northern migration for Victoria's teams becomes a permanent measure, reshaping what remains of 2020. 
This is crunch time for CleanAway, stocked out on Lego and McDonald's. Never miss a goal with McDelivery. The dogs rode the bust boom cycle and it was an all too familiar failure for the Dons. What did we learn out of Friday night footy? And we got a glimpse of the benchmark again on Thursday night when Collingwood's were too good for Geelong. That's what we've seen so far in round seven, and there's many a tale to tell in what unfolds over the duration of this Saturday. Jared Waitley with you for Crunch Time. We welcome Kane Corns back to Crunch Time. Hello, Kane. Good to be here, Jared. Thanks for having me. What did you think last night? Well, I just can't trust Essendon. I, I don't know. We, we seem to get swept up and caught up in them, but uh, when you break it down, they, they often just let you down. And when things don't go their way, I don't see any resilience from that playing group and haven't seen for some time. So things didn't go their way early, and I thought they – well, they pretty much turned their toes up at times. Some of the actions from, from Devin Smith were questionable. Frustration was boiling over, and – they were smashed last night, 92 to 63 in ground balls and 128 to 93 in contested possessions. So they didn't put up a fight, unfortunately, for Bombers fans. And just interesting, they've only beaten, whilst they've beaten Collingwood, and that was significant, the other three wins are against Sydney, North and Fremantle. So really the only quality that they've beaten is Collingwood, which does raise further questions about their finals aspirations. The jury stays out on the Bombers. Andy Mark, Welcome. Cornsey and Jared and everybody. Um, yeah, I'll go. I'll have a look at the other one, Cornsey. Um, we talk about glasses being half full and half empty. It can be whatever you want it to be for the Western Bulldogs. If you want to make a case for either half full, half empty, you can make a compelling case. I mean, that, that their, uh, the fluctuation between their best and worst this year is as dramatic as any coach would not want it to be. And at the end of the day, I don't think we're any the wiser with the Western Bulldogs. At times they look like they could be a legitimate contender this year. And then there are other times when you think there's no chance that this side can compete against the best six or seven sides in the competition. So, you know, you, you want to look at a game last night and go, oh, that's a statement game from the Western Bulldogs. And then you've only got to go back six or seven days and see what they produced in the last quarter against Carlton. And, which is the real version. That's that's the one that I'm going to keep grappling with with them. I agree. And last year was the same. I mean, they lost to Gold Coast last year. They lost to Fremantle. They lost to Carlton, which, which this year losing to Carlton is anything to be um, embarrassed about. But last year it probably was considering the quality of the Western Bulldogs. But then they came good at the back end, didn't they, before they were smashing that final. So, as you say, their best is scintillating. Like, and, and they just have weapons. That's why I think they're an underachieving side and have been for a couple of years because they produce what they produced last night, but then who knows? And they're not the, they're not the only team like no. that this year. I mean, the, the, consist, the sides are just struggling for consistency everywhere and we get caught up from week to week and then you're disappointed one week and then, oh, you bet they bounce back the week after. So it's just a fascinating year. It's going to be a, a classic case of gaining momentum into the finals and then holding that momentum. So just got to do enough to, to get yourself there. And, and hit that, hit the finals in good nick. It's all about, this is not the marathon that we normally have of an AFL season, but it's still a serious kind of middle distance endurance test. There's, there's no question about that. But I agree with you, Cornsy. I, I don't reckon, we want to, we want thing, we want to be able to say th definitive things about individuals and teams. And we want to be able to put our staked in the ground and say, that's, are they, 
they, they are them and that is what they are. But I don't think, I don't think this season is going to allow us to do that very often. So what you got to do is just accumulate, get as many points on the board as you can when you're going well, and then hopefully once we get to the finals, whenever they're going to be and whatever they look like, um, we, we're in good nick. We've got a list. We've got, we're pretty sound and, and we can have a go. It's, it's the, the seeking of definitives in 2020 is a dangerous game to play, I think. So I think managing defeat is going to be a really important part of the season. So the Dogs, same venue, five-day turnaround. And being, I think, hub life will very much be influenced by winning and losing if you let it. So I suspect there's the middle ground between not overreacting to defeat but making sure you do react enough <laughs> to get something. Oh, I sort of feel like that will be the intangible and it will be the, the invisible part of the season. But you'll see it as the Dogs clearly dealt with their defeat well is Luke Beveridge made four changes, so he certainly didn't underreact mm, mm. to it. Um, but they, if you take their four-week block, they've had three excellent games and one howler. Mm. So, I just want to mm. speak about Tim English as well. Um, and is he now the most improved player in the competition? I mean, we, we get caught up from, from individuals week to week. But looking at his progression from the start of the year to where he is now and what he's doing around the ground, I just think I'm just I'm loving watching him play and his development. I mean, at a time when the game's been criticised, hasn't it, Andy, at times for the style of play, to see him tap it over his head to Bonds and Pelly, who streams out of the middle and laces the forward out on his right foot was just just terrific. And he's going to be the next, you know, the Gorn and the Grundies that are, that are dominating the Nat Nui's in their own different way. But there's nothing better than a Ruckman in full flight because there's not many in the competition that can do that. And their value has been underrated, I think, at times and, and questioned the value of the Ruckman. So what he's doing around the ground, he only had, the Borders only had 16 hit outs last That's time. right, exactly. They, yeah. they, win the, they, win, they win the clearances. They, they, they win the clearances 30 to 23 and they kick seven goals from stoppage. So the actual value of the hit outs, maybe not so much but it's what he's doing around the ground. He's just a classic. He is your old-fashioned follower. He is the guy that can he can compete okay, you know, where Ruckman are, you know, mm. supposed to do their their heavy lifting. And yet when it gets on the deck and it does get outside that immediate contest, English is a very good player. He's clearly an elite runner. I mean, you, you speak to people at the Western Bulldogs about his capacity to get around the ground, and it is elite. Um, for a bloke of his size, it's it's solid for any AFL footballer. Um, but he does his he seems to do his best work, Cornsy, sort of outside the immediate sort of contest where the big blokes are supposed to jump and and find the footy in the air. He's he's only twenty two, about him being you know the most improved player in the comp. He ran into a couple of good ones early who did get hold of him, yep. but he's only twenty two. I mean, Ruck, Ruckman they they're not even playing at twenty two, uh. um, you know, often. And they're not finding their they're not finding their feet at this level until you know sort of twenty four five six seven. He's got he's got three or four years to go before he he really works out what it's all about at this level. Yeah, and doing it one out as well, Jared. Like he doesn't have a lot of help. They've they've pretty much backed him in. And and how your your point? How do you cope from defeat? Well, how do you cope from a bad performance? And it wasn't a bad performance. He was dominated by the best ruckman earlier in the year. So the way that he's bounced back was significant. And I also love it because there was that trend to overlook the big ruckman in the draft. I mean, mm. he was taken at pick nineteen, and there was the it was a trend to well, let's not pick ruckman early. Let's get them from other clubs, or let's get them as free agents. But he is going to be an absolute draft steal, 19 to the Western Bulldogs. So I love that story 
as well. Um, so he, he was terrific last night. Gary Lyon, we called the game with him last night. He said he is Max Gorn. He, he is growing. Right. He can see it. Is when they were putting the Dons to the sword in the third quarter, English had had the most disposals on the ground. That's what he can do, right? Yeah. 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 And, yeah, he, if you want to play, you know, play list management or be the list manager, you go back a week and he was he was good. Like, he was okay English. He wasn't bad. And he got his share of the footy. But I think if you watch that game... He was matched in influence by a bloke who has been very much marginal. Certainly yeah. couldn't get a game at Hawthorne and has come into Carlton probably because Matthew Cruz has been injured and has held his own. So you can, you know, you can, you, against him. So you can sort of play the list management game. Do you, do you wait and pick him off? Let him get to 24, 25, somewhere else, and then just, just cherry pick them rather than invest in one in the first round, early in the second, which can prove problematic. We've seen that often in footy. Um, yeah, you can play that game. We can have, we'll have that argument for generations, I suspect. One, one to watch on that one is, is Luke Jackson from Melbourne, yeah, who's back into the side this yeah. weekend. Murray, like pick three, they've gone against that trend and taken a, a big bloke and a big ruckman at pick three. So that's going to be a good test case to watch for the next 10 years as well. No doubt. Cody Waitman caught the eye. He's just, oh, but, my if, goodness. but if you saw him, like this is fascinating because if you saw him play his under eighteen footy, you know I'm not an, I didn't, I don't watch, but you watch the carnival stuff. That's what he did every time he got around the footy. In the very brief glimpses that I saw of him at junior level, things happened. He was a, he's, he energizes the contest. He's one of those blokes, and he did a lot. I mean, it was it was fantastic. They're becoming a story within themselves. The debutantes yep. in 2020. And he he lives with a friend of mine, Angus Monfries, who's been a good mentor for him. And apparently, just a, just a footy head, like it to the point where you know he studies the opposition. He's got the the whiteboard up in his room, and just just a genuine, lovely person who just loves and lives and breathes his footy. Not not dissimilar to Bailey Smith as well. So the dogs have got. Um, just a couple of young, real footy nuts that just want to be professionals. They're absolute pros. So the thing that stood out to me last night wasn't, you know, clearly that the, the first goal stood out and the second goal was significant, but just how clean he was yeah. below his knees. Yeah. And if, you, if you're clean below your knees, like I don't think he's got elite speed, just watching a few chases that he, he did last night. But if you are clean below your knees, you, you make the game look easy. Now, he's clean. <laughs> and every time he went near it, it, it was one grab. And it's almost the... Um, most important skill, I think, in footy is how clean you are picking the ball up below your knees. So, so a couple of times late in the game, you know, the tempo and the expectation and the requirements at this level, you could and, – and Adam Saad's going to make a few people look a bit silly trying to chase him. Mm. A couple of times late in the game, when Essendon kicked a couple late, Waitman was trying to sort of hang on to the leg rope of Adam Saad and, and he was struggling a little bit. So he's, he's got a lot of, you know, physical growth – um, to do to, to before he reaches his peak, clearly as a footballer at this level. But I tell you, I reckon Luke Beveridge, I don't know whether he'd be breathing a sigh of relief because coaches back themselves in, and, and I think Beveridge knows what he's doing, but not for the first time in recent times he's made a call on Toby McLean, mm. and that raises eyebrows because I think most of us think that McLean's in their best 22. Uh, they drop McLean this week, and, and they bring this kid in to, to, to f- fill the role of Tim McLean. In the end, no one was talking about Toby McLean last no. night. So that, they are the they're a fascinating case study. The Bulldogs they are perennially young, they are perennially inexperienced, <laughs> and it's by choice. It's spot on because he throws the team around <laughs> every true. week. They could be more ex- older, but they're not. 
And again, yeah. last night as Hutto did run the numbers, they were there um, every week. And you go, so what, what is that going to lead to in the short term, given that that is, that is a, a conscious choice that they seem to make over and over? And it's uh, the classic case of uh, probably the squad's going to win the premiership. Like we've seen what's mm. happened to Collingwood and it, we all get wrapped up in to go a kicking five. The next day he's out for eight weeks. Like So who comes in to replace him? I think the dogs are well-versed in that space where if someone goes down, you've got you know, quality, experienced premiership player like McLean to come back in. Trengove hasn't even been used. Now, now I know for a fact Jackson Trengove can hold up a ruck spot for a couple of weeks if, if Tim English is sore. I, I know that he can do that, and I know he can do that down back as well. He hasn't even been used. So if there's one advantage the dogs have got, it is that full squad mentality that there's depth everywhere and experience if, if someone or multiple players go down and they need to come up and hold down a spot for a couple of weeks. So the other side of the coin last night, was that regression for Essendon? We'd had two weeks where they seemed to stamp what they've been trying to grow into, which is in the, the shadow of Richmond. We know we know that's the intel they've brought over. We know that's what they're searching for, pressure, keep the ball moving forward. They were all slingshot last night. Mm. They were all old Essendon with none of the new traits. Yeah, it's concerning just because, as I said, when things don't go their way, I mean, what's plan B for Essendon? And we've been speaking about this for two years. If if a team comes to shut them down and, and Saad's not getting involved and the midfield's not dominant and they're not getting supply into that forward line, what, what is plan B? Can, can they play slow territory game down the line, have a contest down the line, set up for a stoppage, go again? doesn't appear that they can and they haven't been able to do that. So if you talk about regression, it was. Now, Dylan Shew wasn't there, which is which is a massive blow. We know that. Who's the next star midfielder for Essendon? I mean, Merritt has been for a while, but is, is he your bankable number one A grader that can hold down the midfield like a like Lockie Neal or a Cripps or a Bontempelli did last night? You'd probably question that. And, you know, is... Yeah, so I just think that the lack of depth through the midfield and the issues forward of the ball um, without Joe Danaher um, came up last night. But but once again, Essendon could Murray could turn around next week and win by thirty points, and we forget this game. Well, that's what happens in that's what this season's all about. So that goes back to the sort of outset, the wanting you know we as football lovers want to be able to make our minds up about teams, and it's really difficult for us to do that. The numbers last night would just if you if you didn't watch the game at all and you just looked at the statistics of last night's game, you'd say, well, they were in the game, Essen, and they had, they had enough of the footy and they were competitive in some of the you know the, the key areas, and yet to the eye after half time they were inept. They, they were never in the game after half. They, they were blown away after half time. Yeah, and a- it's, any semblance of system. Gone. was lost after half time. I'm yeah. not sure they ever had the shape and tempo even in the first half. It, no, well, that's probably fair, I reckon. Maybe the scoreboard was covering a few cracks that were waiting to appear. I think you're spot on, Kane. I mean, four to the footy, you know, when they did their whiteboard best-case scenario at the start of the year, it would have been Stringer and Danaher and McDonald, Tip and Woody and Fantasia. And if you, now, now, Fantasia's been struggling for a while. Mm. McDonald, Tip and Woody had very little influence last night. The other two weren't there. And at the end of the day, in sort of absolute frustration and maybe complete and utter sort of coaching box despair, they throw Hooker down there. At the end. That's all they kind of really had. <laughs> McKernan wasn't giving them what they needed from him last night. And they had nothing. They absolutely, they were bereft and they, they were negligent not doing anything about Caleb Daniel in the third quarter when they were getting sliced to Pete. And that, that, that resides with the coaches. 
His his ball use was was great, but once again, it, there was no pressure on no. Caleb Daniel whatsoever. He kicked it at seventy two percent last night. He was pinpoint. He, he was it was like a video game for Caleb Daniel last <laughs> night. I was like, which is the hardest kick I'm going to take, and, and I'm just going to pull it off because there's no pressure on me. So, yeah. I think the Bombers, Jared, like you're going to have to make a call. So, so Danaher, he doesn't play for the rest of you. Oh, I don't think. I mean, it, just as he progresses into training, he, he pings a calf, which is another. It's got to be another four weeks if you can. Conservative, it's probably six. Um, so you're going to have to make a call on Hurley or Hooker. Like if you've got no system forward of the ball, I know they chuck Hooker down there willy nilly from time to time, and he looks okay apart from that set shot. You're going to have to make a call on one of them and moving one of them forward, as reluctant as both of them have been to do that. But Kyle Hooker hasn't been the player down back that he once was, and he's not as dominant. So you're going to have to try something forward of the ball. Uh, and some people say, well, that's an overreaction on the back of one loss, but. Who kicks your goals mm. if it's not Hurley and Hooker? Is it time to just have a good look at it for a month and see if that changes your structure in the forward line? <laughs> they're they're four two. They would run favourites against Melbourne, which is the hangover game, and they've got Adelaide yep. at Adelaide Oval next week, which if they're going to amount to anything. So they're five two with a provisional run favourites against it's, Melbourne. And we're writing them off. That's yeah, no, exactly. but that, that's it is I think that question of where do they fit separate to the win-loss. So there's a few teams, like Hawthorne's win-loss is 3-3 and they've mm. spent the week being utterly dismissed. And they've had a hard draw. But it doesn't it doesn't relieve what you see with your eye and, and what you forecast. Is there's, there's just too many things that aren't right with Essendon for them to be a serious contender, regardless of how they hold their win-loss together for a long period of time, I think. Spot, spot on. And if we play the Who Do You Trust game, which, you know, we do from time to time, all of us, I'd love I'd love to get your thoughts on this, Cornsy. I don't know whether we've got time, Jared. But but if there's if there's more than three or four in the comp this year, I'd, at, at this point in time, I'd be surprised. Yeah, and even even that is difficult because I mean Collingwood two weeks ago they they just had to win for for on the field and off the field reasons and they've responded significantly. See, I don't trust Richmond. I don't trust the Giants as much as. I have confidence in the Giants. I certainly don't trust them. I don't even trust Port Adelaide. Like mm. I, I, th- I think Carlton win on Sunday. I don't know why. I, I just think I think Carlton are going to win. I think they've got an advantage <laughs> against Port Adelaide. So I don't I don't even trust Port Adelaide, even though they've beaten the Giants and West Coast. Matt. Now maybe that's hangover from 2018 when they were 11 and four and missed the finals, and, and last year it was win loss win loss. So how many can you trust? Uh, I struggle to. To, to pick three, to yep. be honest. Yep. How significant is the Dugowie absence? So, Kane, you yesterday had a lot of time to dissect. It was a powerful performance against Geelong. It, it emphasised everything that we think we know about Collingwood, and yet now they're, they're two clear points of difference. How down back Dugowie up front? They're both out long term. Yeah, it's, it's massive, Jared, because I, I was banking the whole forward structure around my check and Dugowie being your key targets. I, I've said it. I don't know, for the last month, they are a more dangerous side when Mason Cox isn't in there. And Dugowie plays tall and Majacek plays tall as your targets. And then you surround them with that dynamic smalls that you've got. So where to now? I mean, it's not it's not like for like to bring Mason Cox back in to play key forward in that Dugowie role. Who else have they got? It's huge. So they're the two players. I think they're two most significant players out of that side. Whilst they've still got the midfield performing like they are and Trelaw's been huge, Pendlebury continues to do it. They'll be okay. You've got Grundy, but can they win it without Dugowie and and how? Makes it hard. So they'll get Dugowie back. He'll miss the bulk of the home and away season from here. And how is the unknown at the moment? But it is a 
they've broken the back of the season. They've played notionally what you would regard as most of the good teams by the time they get through the Eagles next week. So the heavy lifting's been done by them. They've got a prominent place on the ladder. But you do spend your whole year improvising around mm. what you really want to be mm. there. They're not they're not they're not the true full force of Collingwood without Howe down back and Dagoe up front. And then what sort of shape does he come back in? Is he is he the player that can really look after himself and does he play well off a big break? Uh, history would probably say no. So that's a, a long layoff. It's a lot of time to stay motivated with everything that's going on as well. So that'll be the other question mark. I'd just love to see them probably go Stevenson. Is Stevenson a my check to be, you know, with, with Hoskin Elliott and just try and do something revolutionary and go really small in that forward line and see how that goes, similar to what Richmond have done in the past? Elliott can do that. I mean, he's another mm. one. And Dacos is a natural goal kicker. I mean, it, we're, we're, none of them are Jordan Ngoi, but and and none will have the the sort of the the invisible influence that Ngoi has, and and the way that he can sort of rattle an opposition and affect the way an opposition sets up. But I reckon they can cover potentially just the goals. But they, I think they can find a way of hitting the scoreboard, but they're just not nearly as terrifying a prospect to line up against without Jordan Ngoi in the side. Mm. Kane, how do you think the events of the week reshaped the season with the Victorian teams now cast away from home for the remainder? I just think it's such a significant opportunity for Brisbane, Jared. I mean, they're, they're just going to play at the Gabba week after week. They're four and zero there this year. They're fourteen at, uh, and seven, fourteen from their last seventeen at the Gabba. So, if you're looking at who's the biggest beneficiary out of the the events of this week, it is Brisbane. And you know, will you ever get? this opportunity to win a premiership in in the history moving forward? Probably not. So I'd be pretty buoyed if I was a Brisbane Lions player this morning, knowing that. Uh, the rest of it, it's going to take some resolve and it's going to take some, some real connection. I think there'll be teams that really struggle with it and fall away. There'll be there'll be frustration. We might even see some, you know, some reports of some players that, you know, are frustrated and that spills over. So it's the team that can stay together, realise it's a short period of time, realise it's going to be it's going to pass and guarantee you in ten years you're still going to celebrate this premiership like you would any other. And that's what the players need to understand and get through their head that this is a significant season and the premiership will be just as special. And which city should host the grand final? Uh, uh, Perth or Adelaide. Kane, we'll talk on the Monday means test. Good on you guys. Kane Corns gets our crunch time underway. Josh Bruce is going to join us from the dogs shortly. This is crunch time for clean away. Up your disposal efficiency with clean away. Friday night footy, the dogs over the Dons by 42 points. Crunch time is for clean away. Stockdale and Lego and McDonald's never miss a goal with McDelivery. Jared Whaley and Andy Ma are about to be joined by Liam Pickering. But before we do, let's touch base with the dogs as Josh Bruce is with us um, from the hub. Josh, welcome to crunch time. Thanks, Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Just describe the last five days for us with the football turnaround, but also the massive alteration in what the season's going to hold for, for you and your fellow Victorian players. Yeah, obviously it's a uh, been a very tumultuous week in terms of getting the news probably on Thursday that uh, obviously our, our, um, our stay in Queensland is going to be extended. So, uh, yeah, that was an interesting one to take out before the game and obviously there's different layers to that with other people I mean my wife's pregnant uh, during the 
8th of October. So um, by the time the hub finishes mid-September, it'll be too late to fly home for her. So uh, it's a bit of a dilemma for us, but I think we might just have to have a Queensland baby at this stage. So definitely making some sacrifices and changing obstetricians and all sorts of stuff to keep this game going. So, um, yeah, but, you know, going well and had a good win last night. So it's always nice when uh, the sun's shining and you get a win. So can we just play on the life side of things before we play on the footy side of things, Josh? So what was the phone call? So is your wife still in Victoria at the moment or did she come up? She came up straight okay. away. So she's been in quarantine with me here at the hotel with Poppy, our daughter, for the last... Uh, 12 days or so, so we're out on Monday out of quarantine, which uh, obviously gives a little bit more freedom uh, to leave the resort and go surfing and um, even just to go down to a cafe and get some different food, you know, so um, the, the three meals a day here, obviously, really grateful for what we're getting, but, um, you know, a bit of variety is uh, the spice of life, so looking forward to it. So what was the conversation like when you come back to the room and go, okay, so here's our scenario where... We're in for the next nine weeks, <laughs> ten weeks at least. Uh, well, my partner's pretty relaxed, so she uh, she actually took it quite well. And uh, as a woman who's heavily pregnant with a toddler, she's uh, she she can actually think of worse places to be than uh, up here in sunny Queensland and not having to cook and not having to clean. So she's actually not too bad, um, which makes my life hell a lot easier. So yeah, I'm really grateful to have such a relaxed partner. So, so this is the part of the story that a lot of people don't bother to consider, Josh. You know, we, we have this appetite for our game and we want you guys to provide it for us for, for so many different reasons. But a lot of our consideration stops there. We don't look beyond. And you're giving us an acute example of how complex it can be. And, and you say that your wife's relaxed and I'm sure she is, but... I know what it's like to be with a human being who's going through the situation that your wife's or your partner's going through at the moment. And she needed a lot of people around her. She needed a lot of her own home comforts and her family and her friends. And presumably you're doing that a long way away from a lot of those. It's it's a it's a significant challenge. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, it might sound like I'm I'm brushing over and obviously trying to trying to see the positives out of it, but you know, obviously uprooting our entire lives from Melbourne, uh, moving here, and then obviously um, now we're going to have to completely change obstetricians and completely change hospitals and not have our second-hour child at home. It's going to be... It was obviously a really difficult decision and, um, you know, as you said, there's definitely that human side to it, which, you know, as you said, I think gets brushed over a little bit. I think, you know, some of the sacrifices that some of... Some of us players and obviously the staff as well included uh, are making to keep this game going is, is uh, you know, definitely being a little bit undersold. You know, I'm, I'm really grateful that I've got my girls here and, you know, I really feel for some of the support support members and the physios and the, the rehab coaches and stuff that haven't been able to get their families up here. So, um, you know, at this stage, hopefully, hopefully that's the case. But, you know, for, for those guys to go, you know, three or four months without seeing their young children and it's it's yeah it's definitely um 
definitely takes a human toll on it, especially as the uh, as the weeks progress. I'm sure. So that's part of the untold story here, I reckon. And you're talking to um, some some friends here. I think we're, I'm sure I speak on behalf of everyone around this table that we're conscious of the sacrifices you're making, and we're enormously grateful you're doing it. I don't know for you doing it. I'm not sure what sort of social media platforms you participate on at all, Josh. But are you mindful of? Um, and are your teammates mindful of, of putting out an air of positivity, not discussing what might be going on the other side of the equation for fear of, you know, inviting people to say, suck it up, princess, get on with it, and it's a job and you should be thankful and lucky that you're doing what you do for a living? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's definitely that side of it. I mean, you definitely there's, – there's two sides to it, obviously. Like, we're, we're making great sacrifices to be here and to keep this game going. Um, but by the same token, I mean, got the guys that are living in Victoria are doing it really tough at the moment as well. So, um, you know, it's it's not a, it's not an easy year for anyone, and uh, you know, and for us to provide a little bit of a normality for those guys that, that could be really really struggling, especially down in Melbourne and Victoria, um, with the lockdowns that they've got there. Um, you know, we're we're definitely happy to do that and happy to keep the game going, but. Yeah, I mean, as you as you said, and as I've seen you talk about during the week, Jared is, you know, talking about that the, the players deserve a little bit more credit as to as to what we're going through, and you know, the I think the the talk and the rhetoric about players being here on a holiday and look at these guys playing golf and X Y Z, you know, it's just not the reality of it up here, you know. And, you know, you're away. A lot of guys are away for their families for a very long time, and you know, it's definitely going to have its ups ups and downs throughout the next three months. So. How important will it be to enjoy your footy, do you think, to to discount all, to, to um, get a, a balance against all of that and just have the, the pure sense of joy of playing the game? Oh, yeah, it's crucial. I mean, from last night, like, you know, you just we had obviously had a very disappointing performance after Carlton, but, you know, we kept the vibe really high around the club. We didn't get so much sorry for ourselves because after that game we said, you know what, we're going to be here for a minimum five weeks. I and mean, obviously during the week we found out we're going to be here for almost double that. So you know, we just had to make the most of it and stay really positive. And, you know, I've, I've seen in the media this week is the team that's going to be the most mentally resilient and the most flexible team is going to be the one that comes out on top of the end of the day. And um, that's the attitude that we're going for, going for. For somebody, you've, you've given us your life situation at the moment. Josh, but from a football sense, is this good for you? You, you know, new at the footy club, you, you really can sort of put a lot of getting to know these guys kind of time into a into a compressed space. Is it is that a good thing for you from a pure football sense? Yeah, from a personal perspective, I think building those relationships off the field definitely equates to to having better relationships on the field and you know, knowing what guys are capable of and what makes them tick and Vice versa, it definitely equates to having, um, you know, stronger team performances and building that connection amongst the teammates. And, you know, you obviously got to be wary of guys that, you know, potentially would want a little bit more free time and a little bit more spare time. And guys are, are able to escape from that. But, um, you know, it's another challenge that some people feel like that they're constantly at work, you know what I mean? Yeah. Seeing you know, the guys that you work with, you know, five, six, seven times a day, dinner time. So... Some guys are finding it really hard to switch off um, from that because you can't really go home, homes, if that, if that makes sense. So, um, but yeah, I think the connection side of the game and the connection side of, of relationship building and, 
you know, enjoying your footy and enjoying your time up here. There's no point, um, you know, soaking about it too much because, you know, that's just the reality we've been dealt with. So it's just what we're going to have to uh, to go with. So, now, walk us through the scourge of the key forwards. So you are you were an imposing figure early last night. It looked like everything should go through. You had the better of a, a much lauded defender early and you can't find the big sticks so this is what's that battle like for you in those moments yeah yeah well i mean the first kick was uh, yeah i don't want to uh speak out of turn here but we will say it's probably pretty lucky to be counted as a goal mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, okay, yeah. it was touched <laughs> uh, there, might, there might have been a few <laughs> right. yeah, I'll, I'll, thanks to the AFL for that one. Right. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, and then after that, yeah, I don't know. I just uh, obviously lost my way a little bit, and then yeah, probably lost a little bit of confidence after that. So it's just one of those things that you just go back to the drawing board, and you know, I've I've kicked goals a million times, not literally a million times before, but you know, as a growing up as a kid, and it's just something that I know that I'm I'm good at, and I know that I'm capable of, and you know, I proved two weeks ago that I six straight so um yeah you just have those nights sometimes and there must have been a bit of a curse at Metricon last night up that end yeah. everyone was missing that end so are you a, um, will you ever figure yeah. the mystery of it out josh or do you feel like it will be elusive forever sometimes it'll be there and, and that'll be the six straight and then you just have to ride the bumps on the night when it's not quite there yeah i think that's the case i mean the, the accuracy in other sports is so much higher, but I feel like, you know, as you know, they've got less variables with their kicking. You know, the, the ball's stationary and it doesn't get dropped in the hand. So, so many variables in footy and in AFL set your goal kicking. So, um, yeah, and some nights you flush them well and some nights you don't. So, uh, hopefully next week I can kick them a little bit straighter. And, and you know, I'm glad that it didn't really affect um, the team performance as a whole in the end of the day. And, but it was good. To, it was good to start start the game well and have an impact early and um, kind of set the boys up from there. So, a lot of six footers get missed in golf, Josh. <laughs> yes. What was that, sorry? A lot of six footers, six foot putts get missed in golf. Putts they yeah. shouldn't be missing. A lot of blokes yeah. missing. Are you a are you a field kicker or are you a a, a drill kind of you know technique guy? What are you are you following a, a well worn path when you're coming in or are you kind of just you know, feeling it on the night type. No, nah, yeah, no. Nah, I've got a very, very stringent routine that okay. I follow. I find that works best for me. Um, and yeah, the, I think the big one for me last night it was probably just trying to lift my head a little bit too early to see where the ball was going because I was a little bit anxious to to get it through the big sticks, you know, instead of following through and keeping the head down. So I've had a few. I look at a few of them, and um, yeah, getting that momentum through the ball and keeping the head down are the two big ones for me. So. Easy fix. Just as we finish, um, Cody Waitman's debut. It was it was eye catching. <laughs> How much fun do you think he had? Yeah, well, I mean, since he's come to the club, he's he's definitely a confident young fella, and I was just wrapped for to see him uh, reap the rewards of his hard work um, last night. And yeah, I think it's potentially one of the best first kicks in AFL football history. Mm. Uh, <laughs> A young fella, so to kick a 45 metre banana from the boundary after a mark is was a bit of an exclamation mark for the start of his career, and uh, hopefully onwards and upwards. I mean, he's a high draft pick, and he created great energy around the forward line, and 
great pressure and um, yeah, I look forward to playing alongside him for a long time. I reckon you'll do that. Josh, thanks for your time today and uh, and good luck. Good luck on the family side of things and the footy side of things in the hub. Good on you guys. Thanks for having me. Terrific. Josh Bruce there from the Bulldogs. The ladder for 40 Winks, any size mattress is the price of a single at 40 Winks. Is their fifth and sixth, the Bulldogs and Essendon, after last night? There's 0.5 between them. So they've both got four wins. Essendon's got the game in hand. The Dogs' percentage is 100 even, and Essendon 99.5. And if you want to understand the personal side of things, there there it is. Right there. I mean, anybody who's been through, um, you know, pregnancy and childbirth understands how important for the for the mother uh, the support network is. And it doesn't exist. Outside the footy club, it doesn't exist for the for Josh and his partner and their young kid, Poppy. This, and I know there's not a willingness to empathise from everybody out there. I understand. We understand. We've seen there's enough evidence of that. But that's a really big deal. That's a really big deal that those that, that little family's going through in the middle of all of this. Yep, and wherever the footy season ends, they're going to have to stay longer to have the baby in Queensland. Exactly. So, and that's that's one of a great many that are happening across the competition, okay, so all with different variations. We will get a second. So, what happens? Eighth of October, did he say the baby's due? Yep. Something like that. So, you know the timing of all this. The home and away season will be well and truly done by then. Yep, we'll be so, near preliminary final weekend. So the Western Bulldogs are likely at this stage to be playing finals. So they, they could be knee-deep in a finals campaign here. And it may, well, who knows where they're going to be playing these, this finals campaign. Think about what might sit in front of that family yeah. yep. in October. Yep. jeez. Oh, just just a, a small window in. Every team's on the road, it would seem, and no doubt they have their luggage packed with their Samsonite business bag. Work from anywhere with a Samsonite business bag. Crunch time, Liam Pickering's about to join us. Alistair Clarkson's had his weekly press conference. I think it was deliberately delayed to hide away on Saturday. We're going to give it the proper uh-huh. airing that it should get next. Jared Waitley, Andy Marr with you on Crunch Time for Clean Away, Stockdale and Lego and McDonald's. Never miss a goal with McDelivery. Liam Pickering, welcome. Hello, Jared, and hello to you, Andy. Pick, it's how are you, it's mate? Uh, good to be here with you boys. And uh, very interesting listening to Josh Bruce then. It was good. It's the other side, isn't it? I mean, you know this because you deal with your, your players. So you, you know the you know the personal um, sacrifices they're making and the circumstances that they're existing in. But that's a very that, that is a really sharp view on a, one player's position and perspective and all of this. And for, for every for Josh Bruce, there would be dozens, if not many more, that are yeah. facing those sorts I of know, situations. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that there was a, a massive rush at clubs yesterday to get their wives and partners and girlfriends on the plane and their kids yesterday so they could come in, like, for example, Collingwood, Geelong, et cetera, to get them into to the Gold Coast so they can have their two weeks before that the other boys get there. So there was a lot of that going around. And, and as you can imagine, there was there were players that were like, oh, no, she's not coming. And then, oh, yeah, she's going to come now. And I'm not going to come. And they've got a couple of hours to get themselves ready. So there's a lot going on. Uh, talking to the guys, and I had a chat with a lot of them this week, is most of them seem to be dealing with it pretty well. Yep. The younger teams with that don't have kids and that are having a ball, the younger players, they think life's great. Look, to them, they're playing footy and they're having a bit of fun during the day. They're going for a swim and they're, you know, life's good. Mm. Uh, the accommodation, I think, will be a concern when they all get to the Gold Coast. I think that that might be for 
you know, families that have got two and three kids um, that are trying to get them up there, that might be difficult. And I know it's been difficult for some of them to make the decision based on school. Yep. So they're the other things that have got to come into it. So, look, overall, my guys have been pretty positive about it. Um, I've had guys that have gone to the, the hub, Adelaide players that have come and think, God, that's finished. Like, that's their attitude. But the AFL blokes that, that, are, that are based there now, they seem to be having a, a pretty good time. So... Uh, let's hold Clarko for a minute because Hawthorne's a, a big conversation. The rapid fire questions for Rapid Tune, they'll keep you moving, rapidtune.com.au. The the contract situation and the unfreezing of, of mm. the capacity to do contracts, this is the, the central moment for it. The, the PA's sort of planted their flag. They've got this moment of leverage. It's an entirely reasonable ask, notwithstanding that it's a difficult overall yeah, circumstance to navigate. Where Why is it needed? How does it happen, and will there be an agreement before the compression starts, do you think? Well, I think there will. Yeah, we had a meeting, an agent's update on Wednesday, and I asked this specific question is, this talking about removing the, the contract freeze, when? And it was 24, 48 hours was what they were thinking, so hopefully by early next week we'll be in that situation where if you have agreed to a player's contract, which in itself is a whole different thing because we don't know what the cap's doing with list sizes, if you do decide that you wanted to do a deal just to lock someone away because they're happy to do it, you can they'll, once they've unfrozen it, uh, then they'll be able to lodge them with the AFL. At the moment, we can I can do a, a deal with a club like Collingwood with Darcy Moore. I could do a deal with them to agreement today. Bank it just sits in the drawer until Kenwood says, "Yeah, right, I we'll take it now," and then they tick it off and they go through all the process. So that's where we sit at the moment. So yeah, I, I think. But we are down the track a fair way with a, with a number of them. It is just very, very hard when you're talking the bigger players, the bigger number players, to work out what the number's going to look so, like. So and that, so yeah. you're, you're budgeting, you know, here's a scenario, here's what it'll look like if we're sitting at a $14.5 million salary cap. Yep. If it comes back 20%, that number that we've agreed on will also have to be scummed back 20%. So we've got to work out what that middle number is to get a number that's going to sit and they're going to, the players will be happy with. And that's where it's been a difficult one to manage. So if there are existing contracts, again, for the high end, will they get revised if the salary cap comes down? I can't see another way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think it'll be a blanket. I think it'll be too hard otherwise to do it. So a Brody Grundy that's been locked away for seven years or whatever on a number per annum, and I'm not sure how it's structured, obviously, but I, I assume that if... All parties get together at the end of this 2020 season and say, right, the coaches have copped this much of a haircut, the AFL has copped this much of a haircut, players, whatever they agree on, there's a CBA which gives them some negotiating power, the AFLPA, and the players. This is what it is. So every player contract comes back 10% or 20%. So the varying numbers of if you're on a big contract, yeah, well done, you're on the big money, but you're getting the biggest hit because I think it'll be blanket. That's yep. how I think they'll do it. And why does it matter to have it done before the compression and the, I guess the potential risk of, of injury. injury in that? Well, I think that's the main one is the, the injury scenario is if you've got a player that's I'm an and about and he goes to the hub and gets injured and you could have got a deal done but you couldn't lodge it, there's no reason why the clubs couldn't then just say, well, it hasn't been lodged, so bad luck. Clubs don't do that. It's a general rule. If, if you've got an agreement with them, that they're great. Like So... I wouldn't see that happening, but that is the only concern, is that, you know, an in-principle agreement, that it doesn't mean a thing until it's locked off by the AFL mm. and ticked off. So I assume that's the main drawing point, and we would like also some certainty around it, but 
it, it's very difficult until we know what the list sizes are. And there's been all sorts of talk about what it will be. It's been as low as 32, as high as what it is. It seems to sit at 40. That seems to be the magical number. And I assume that's without NGAs and all that sort of stuff. Um, sorry, rookie listed B, yep. B category Bs and all that. So, yeah, there's a, there's a fair bit to go through. It's a bit on. The rapid fire questions around player contracts. They'll keep you moving with their huge range of services. Book online at rapidtune.com. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1 800 858 858. AU Crunch Time for Identify, specialising in asbestos mould air quality and environmental services.